Let us pray. So he fled with all that he had, and he rose up and passed over the river, and set his face toward the Mount Gilead. Genesis 31.21 Dear Lord, as the story in Genesis 31.17-55 unfolds, let the truth of this story minister to my soul. Lord, today I stand in a place of gratitude for every season that I go through. I will look for the good that you've hidden in each trial and tribulation. Like Jacob, even though I don't feel honored or appreciated by others, I will hold my integrity and do everything with excellence, knowing that as I water the field that I'm entrusted with, I'm actually preparing myself to step into the great harvest season of my life. Give me the wisdom and knowledge to travel and build with people of integrity and honesty. Thank you, God, for speaking on my behalf and for protecting me from others who would seek to harm and hinder me. I declare that I am covered, and I decree that under your protection, Lord, I am untouchable. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for praying with us today. Continue your time with God by listening to today's Bible story. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com Fleeing from Laban Before this story, we learned how Jacob married Leah and Rachel and had twelve sons and one daughter. Leah and Rachel lived in constant feud with one another, and spited each other daily. Jacob, in search of a new beginning with his family, left Laban and ventured back to Canaan. However, Jacob tricked Laban into giving him stronger and more sheep. Now we will learn about Jacob leaving, Laban's anger at Jacob, and their treaty inspired by the book of Genesis. Hello, I'm Pastor Jack Graham with today's episode of the Bible in a Year podcast. Previously, we learned how Jacob was tricked into marrying Rachel's older sister, Leah, first, and then how he married Rachel, whom he loved. We learned about the awful spite between sisters and Jacob's lack of leadership in his family. Now, Jacob has 12 sons and one daughter, and he decides he needs to leave Laban behind and move his family to Canaan, his homeland. The fortune he's amassed is plenty to send him off with his family to a new home, but Laban's sons are not happy with Jacob's prosperity, and Jacob fears for his own safety. Just as we saw him do when he tricked Esau, Jacob will try to run undetected without a goodbye. This is a story of sorrow and hurt as a family is broken up because of so much dysfunction on all sides. In the midst of it all, though, you will see how God works in bringing healing into hurtful situations and blessings into the biggest message you could possibly imagine. So let's listen now to today's story of Jacob fleeing Laban and the Lord continually blessing the chosen family. Jacob had amassed a large flock and a great amount of wealth. This caused Laban's sons to be riled up with anger. Jacob had heard rumors that Laban's sons were upset and willing to harm him, so he rushed immediately to his wives. He found them in the fields and said, 
I have fallen from the favor of your father. I have worked tirelessly for him, and he has cheated me far too many times. With desperation in his voice, Jacob continued by saying, God will not allow him to harm me, but we must go quick and flee to the land of my father. Leah and Rachel agreed. Is there anything left for us in our father's house? We are strangers in his land, and we are yours. Everything he earned from you has been spent. All the wealth that God has taken away from our father belongs to us and our children. Whatever God says, let us do it. So Jacob arose and set his sons and wives on camels. He packed all he had earned and acquired from Padan Aram without notifying Laban. Jacob had entered the land, a boy desperate to build a life worth blessing. He left a man with a family larger than his father or grandfather could have ever dreamed of. He set his sights on Canaan, determined to lay hold of the blessing promised to him. Yet Jacob's neglect of his wives would not go without consequence. Rachel, as they were packing up to leave, stole idols from Laban's home. Three days had passed and Laban was notified that Jacob had fled. Laban was beside himself. He gathered a small army of kinsmen and pursued Jacob for seven days. Closely they tailed Jacob through the hill country of Gilead. With the full intent of killing Jacob and taking back his daughters, God met Laban in a dream. Be careful. Do not say a word to Jacob, neither good or bad, God warned. That morning, before the sun had broken above the horizon, Laban and his men descended upon Jacob on horseback. They surrounded him, fury emanating from their faces. Laban, livid and weary, roared at Jacob. What have you done? You have tricked me again and taken my daughters like captives. Laban was speaking as a father, not as a landowner. His worry for his daughters caused a deep rage to boil up in him. You robbed me of a chance to kiss my daughters and grandchildren farewell. I would have sent you off well, with revelry, but instead you fleed like criminals. Laban's face seemed to shift from anger to sorrow. Eyes beginning to fog up with tears, Laban pointed at Jacob. You are foolish, Jacob, and it is in my power to kill you and take back my daughters. But the God of your father warned me not to harm you. Laban's face fell. I understand you wanted to go back to the land of your father, but why would you steal my gods as well? Jacob, disarmed and dismayed, answered Laban and said, I left out of fear. I could not bear the thought of you taking your daughters from me by force. But as for your gods, I promise you I do not have them. If anyone here in my camp has them, they shall not live. Go and see for yourself. Whatever is yours, take back. For Jacob was unaware of Rachel's thievery. So Laban searched Jacob's tent and then ventured into Leah's tent. He tore apart everything, searching desperately for his idols. Finally, he entered Rachel's tent. He looked at her, then began to ransack the room. Rachel remained still, for she sat on a camel's saddle which held the idols in them. Forgive me for not getting up, Rachel said in her most dainty voice. 
It is my time of the month, and I cannot bear to stand. Laban continued his search in vain, then left the tent. Jacob watched Laban exit his wife's tent. For years Jacob served under Laban. For years he had watched Laban do business in the shadows. For years he had taken the abuse and ridicule. He worked vigorously for Laban. Jacob once feared him as a child does his abusive father. Yet watching Laban scare his family and ransack the living space of his wives awoke a deep outrage within him. Jacob became indignant. Outraged, he berated Laban, saying, What is my offense? What have I done as a sin against you? You have pursued me like a criminal, and now you have felt through all my goods. Have you found your petty idols? Have you? Jacob's fumes grew higher, and his voice trembled with anger. For twenty years I have served you. Your sheep and goats never once miscarried under my care. I have not eaten of your flocks. Whatever was eaten by wild beasts, I paid for myself. You showed me no grace. Day by day the heat consumed me, and in the cold of night I worked. I lost sleep, and I lost twenty years of my life under you. Laban's face grew white as Jacob bled his heart's anguish before him. Jacob's voice grew softer, yet it inspired more fear from all those listening. He said, I served seven years for Rachel, and you deceived me and gave me Leah. Yet I stayed and worked seven more. For six years I worked for your flocks, and in those years you changed my wage ten times. Jacob pointed to Laban and rebuked him, saying, I serve the God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac. If he was not on my side, you would have sent me my way empty-handed. He knows my affliction and your oppression. That is why he warned you last night. Laban composed himself. He spoke again as Jacob's equal. Those are my daughters, and those are my grandchildren. Your flocks are my flocks, and all that you see before you is mine. A sigh emanated from Laban's lungs. He looked behind Jacob, seeing his grandchildren listen from afar. But what can I do now for them? He said. Come now. Let us make a final agreement, a covenant that cannot be broken. So Laban and Jacob gathered stones to set as a monument to their agreement. Laban spoke loud and saying, Let this be a witness between us today, that we will remain separated and forge our own paths as long as you agree to deal kindly with my daughters and take no more wives for yourself. So Jacob agreed. The two ate dinner together, and early in the morning Laban kissed his daughters and grandchildren and went back to his land. Jacob, accustomed to being a trickster with his words, was forced to face Laban as an honest man, and Jacob, who once stood idly as his wives destroyed one another, promised to love them the way they were meant to be loved. And God, remaining faithful to his chosen, was working even in the dysfunction and imperfection. Well, despite the missteps, mistakes, and messiness, God has blessed Jacob beyond what he could have possibly imagined. But not everyone was so thrilled with this prosperity, and his brothers-in-law were very upset. Jacob once again decides to run. That's what he does. Only this time, he's taking a large household. 
But he doesn't want Laban to know he's leaving, for he fears Laban's anger more than he trusts in the promises of God. Though his methods and motives are certainly not perfect by any means, we do see Jacob once again setting his attentions on the blessings of God, just like when he tricked his father and brother so many years ago. Rachel and Leah commit to follow their husband, but there remains a lot of distrust with Rachel, for she takes three of her father's idols. When Laban finds out Jacob is left with his daughters and grandkids, he is now bent on retribution and gives chase. He's running after Jacob. But God intervenes to protect Jacob. The patriarch who is stewarding, though very poorly, God's plan of redemption for the world. And remember, this is all about God's plan of redemption. God warns Laban to proceed carefully and watch his words. When he finally catches up to Jacob, Laban's words are filled with rage, but more than anything, grief for the loss of his daughters and his grandchildren. As he unloads his feelings on Jacob, he reveals God had warned him not to harm him. It truly is a testament to the awesomeness and the sovereignty of our God. For when he speaks, even those who do not follow him, their hearts are changed. His sovereignty, his supremacy cannot be questioned. Laban has wielded control over Jacob for a long time now, often dishonest in his dealings and double-talking, truly no integrity. But when he was confronted with the truth of his past, manipulations, and dishonesty, he addresses his son-in-law as his equal. Though he knows he could lay claim to much of what Jacob has, Laban knows he must make peace with Jacob, just as God had commanded him to do. Jacob and Laban, despite their differences and past grievances, make a covenant between them to go their own way in peace. And Laban, still the loving father, charges Jacob to take care of his daughters and to take no other wives. It is a plea for Jacob. It is an exhortation Jacob needed to hear. Sometimes when you are trapped in a dysfunctional situation or family or hurtful relationship, the only kind of reconciliation that will work is a peaceful separation. You just have to walk away. And that's what we are seeing in today's reading. In the end, this is a story of God's grace. Despite Jacob's sins, failures, and mistakes, God remains faithful. God protected him and led him to break free from Laban. Despite Laban's idolatrous pagan beliefs, God appeared to him and spoke to him and helped him to defuse a situation that could have turned out to be violent. So Jacob departs with his wives, committing to love them and care for them as he should. It's a new beginning, and as in many times in the case of God's story, with a new beginning comes a new name. That's what we're going to look at the next time. Let's pray. Dear God, how we thank you for what this story is teaching us about breaking free from hurtful, toxic, damaging relationships. Help us to know that when we must break free, that you would give us wisdom to do so with grace and humility, trusting you to lead us all the way, and that there could be peace in the midst of the separation. Thank you, Lord, that you are always faithful, faithful to us in every way. Just as you were faithful to Jacob, you are more than faithful to us. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you so very much for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Jack Graham, pastor in Dallas, Texas. 
Download the Pray.com app and make prayer a priority in your life. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with someone you love, because by sharing this podcast, you can make a difference in someone's life. And if you want more resources on how to tap into God's power for Christian living, be sure to visit jackgraham.org. God bless.